0: Again, chewing, we're home. I bypassed the compressor.
1: You were the chosen one. Something truly special. Congratulations, you are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and with me is not Drew, and it's not Lindsay. I have so many amazing guests on the panel tonight to talk Empire Strikes Back. I am so excited to introduce them. First of all, Clashing Sabers member and host of Forever Star Wars, which is the best podcast, on, at least on our feed and in the interwebs, if you ask me, uh, it's Mark oh you're too kind thank you (laughs) you know hi everybody (laughs) there's there's certain things you just have to listen to through your headphones to get the full experience and and your show is one of them so um also from twitter fame and unmistakably star wars i'm super excited to have her on the show it's the amazing eve
2: hey everybody so happy to be here thank you for inviting me to be on
1: and we've been, we've been friends on Twitter for a while now, and, and yeah. talk pretty regularly, and so I'm super excited to mm-hmm. actually get to talk to you in person, kind of, uh, yeah. through, through the magic of the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also making not just his first Clashing Sabers appearance, but his first podcast appearance. He is number one in your playbooks and number one in your hearts. We have Bill from <laughs> HappyBeeps.net.
0: Hey, Brandon. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> Right. This is so exciting. Yeah. I'm already having so much fun.
3: Yeah.
1: Nothing nothing gets you through a day like knowing you get to podcast at the end of it. Oh my God, nothing mm-hmm. has
0: gotten me through the last two weeks <laughs> <laughs> knowing that I had Love this it. at the end of this week to hang out with you guys. It's fantastic. It's
1: going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And of course, uh, we are going through our series where we are delving into each of the saga films, or actually, each of the star Wars films we we've gone through solo and rogue one as well uh leading up to episode nine so we're going to do our top three bottom three for empire strikes back uh, today but just a big new shameless plug i wanted to put it in here um thank you this is not anything of our doing but thank you to all of you out there in radio land because we actually crossed a hundred listeners for the first time on our potty downloads feed Uh, so yeah so that was super exciting um and and you guys know listeners and you guys on the panel that for me clashing sabers is a community and it's never been about like Hey, I want to reach this number of things but this having this vision of bringing fandom closer to each other. And so the Ooh. fact that people are are supporting that is is super awesome and that is a credit to all of you wonderful people out there. So thank you for that. I want to jump into this because we have yeah. some people who who like I said are not normally on the show and I'm super excited to hear what's going on with you. So Eve, I'm going to send it to you first. What are you Star Warsing <laughs> lately?
2: What am I Star Warsing lately? Well, I recently finished uh, Master and Apprentice.
0: Oh, amazing.
2: Yes, fantastic. And I'm going to kind of lump that in a little bit to what we're going to talk about with Empire Strikes Back tonight. Because while I was watching, I rewatched uh, episode five today, which I've seen a million times because it's my favorite. But <laughs> kind of just wanted a refresher. It's been a little while and I'm sitting down watching it. And all of these things are coming to me after reading Master and Apprentice. And mm. just the the enrichment of the content is just it's real right now. <laughs> so hmm. that's, that's, yeah, I think I finished it maybe two weeks ago. Not, not too long ago.
1: Yeah. Lindsay and I ended up doing like two and with Dooku Jedi, I lost <laughs> like two and a half episodes on that for don't burn the sacred text. And mm-hmm. I didn't make any connections to empire yet. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see what come how that comes in. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yoda uh,
0: is interesting in that, uh, in that book.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so. And, uh, and, 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 and Dooku also. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yoda's just such a, I don't know, yeah. a confusing. Can,
0: can, we need to do we're, an we're, episode on Yoda. We're, yeah. We're going yes. to yeah. we get
1: into it. We are going to get into it. All right. All right. Save it. Hashtag save it. Uh, so, Bill, I'm going to send it to you next. What's, what have you been Star Warsing lately?
0: Uh, okay. So, I, I, finished, I finished episode one of Vader Immortal. Have you guys done this yet?
4: No, not yet.
0: No.
1: I uh, haven't. It, Lindsay's been trying to get a feed going. I've, I've seen, like, the first bit of it, but we had some tech issues.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, not only is the technology just, you know, just incredible, but this story, surprisingly and unnecessarily good.
3: Wow.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's uh, it adds weight to all kinds of things. And I you should probably have an episode on that. Otherwise, I'm going to spoil it all <laughs> for, for you right now. Uh, I'm also I'm in the middle of Alphabet Squadron. Uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I, so I, I finished Master and Apprentice. Uh, I was so psyched. I think I, I saw Lindsay at Celebration. That's where we met. And I think that we both ended up in the same line getting our uh, sort of, you know, signed exclusive Celebration copies of that book. So I was eager to read it. We got through that. Uh, and then I moved on to Alphabet Squadron. And other than that, it's um, it's been all happy beeps all the time. Uh, I've been spending way too much time away from family and work and all <laughs> other kinds of things trying to get <laughs> – Trying to get this thing going—it's been just a, a blast—and uh, and and meeting folks like you guys through it has just been so incredibly rewarding. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I hadn't told you this yet, mostly because I just did it today. Um, but we actually made a friends of page on uh, the website ClashingSabers.net, and of course Happy Beeps is on there. Saber Martial Arts awesome. Foundation, StarbyQPod, um, SanDiegoSabers.net. Uh, so yeah, definitely yeah, go you check guys that on- out.
0: Yeah, you're on mine too. So that's fantastic. Will yeah, do.
1: super excited to to continue to build that community and stuff like that. I, yeah. y- you know, y- you guys started talking about books, so now I'm going in. I just Go finished reading Pirates Price, uh, which is like the the young reader one with Hondo and Han Solo. Have any of y'all not read that? that. I've not
3: read it. So yet.
1: funny! It is hilarious <laughs> it, because so the framing of the story is. Hondo has the Falcon at Black Spire and Basine Natal is going to try to buy it for somebody. And so the, the actual like, story uh, being told is Hondo telling the, his adventures with the Millennium Falcon um, and Han Solo and, and things like that. Mm. And it's just the, the author, uh, I think it was Lou Anders, did such a great job of capturing Hondo's voice Uh like literally you you read it
4: in Hondo and Aka voice, which is so so (laughs) cool. But So Brandon, does this does this explain how why the Falcon is at Black Spire when with Hondo in Galaxy's Edge? Is that the explanation?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, for the most part it does. Um I don't know if they're gonna add any more. I'm not sure exactly like how close it bumps up to um what galaxy's edge is supposed to be. I'm sure we'll get a little bit more of that in um the comics and stuff, but yeah. It it's a I mean it's a very minor spoiler um but basically Chewbacca dropped it off there um to get some repairs and went off to do another mission that I can't remember. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. Cool. So it if th- it bumps up to to Galaxy's Edge, yeah, it pretty much gives the explanation.
0: I think Hondo is is starring in this week's Marvel comic for Galaxy's Edge.
1: Oh, that would they, make they, that they, sense. They
0: had one with Greedo okay. and another one with someone else. I don't remember. But I think Hondo is in this one, and maybe we get that story then. I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Um, <laughs> that would be really cool. Super I, th- cool. That's one of the problems that, that I have with uh, the comics is I wait until the full like trade paperback comes out um, mm-hmm. to buy it. I don't buy it weekly, so I'm always behind. I actually just finished... Um, Fortress of Vader, which is the one with Moment. Have you guys read that? Yeah.
2: Oh, I've, want, I've, I've yeah. wanted to. Oh, for my God.
1: Now. Eve, if you do nothing else, you have. It is. <laughs> no, like, legitimately, it is mm-hmm. up there with World Between Worlds, Mortis, Twilight mm. of the Apprentice level storytelling. It's, there oh. is n- oh. no reason it should be allowed to be in a comic. It is insane. <sighs> uh, I, I mean, I literally. Extended our reading time in class because I'm like I can't put this down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was really, really, really good.
0: And that that actually that plays into some of the Vader Immortal stuff.
1: That's what Lindsay well. was telling me. Yeah, what,
0: yeah. What's yeah? What's going on at that castle is uh, is really freaky stuff.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, wow. it's staggeringly good.
1: We'll yeah. have to definitely do an episode on that once once we can all see the the full Vader mortal. Cause I'm not going to be able to, uh, play it, but I, Lindsay's going to get a, a, feed going where we can at least watch the story. Um, mm. and that of course will be on our Facebook page and, and YouTube and everything like that. But nice. something to come back to something to come back Very to. Very cool. So <laughs> Bill, since, uh, since you're on the show this week, uh, it would be benign for me to try to do the happy beeps.net <laughs> segment. So I'm going to send it to you.
0: Yeah. You've been doing amazing by the way. I, I have to say it's been a pleasure listening to uh, listening to your take on it uh, every, every couple of weeks. So it's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy. So, you know, the last couple ones I think that we've done, I've, I've been focused on toys, right? You know, we've been pulling in some trends and merchandising and things like that. Since we're doing Empire, I thought maybe uh, some analysis of the box office might be interesting to people. Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: so let's see. So and just so just to set, kind of set the stage, you know, Happy Beeps has this interactive model where you can, you know, you can uh, uh, see all of the ticket prices and ticket uh, you know sales for each of the Star Wars movies from a new hope all the way up to solo you can adjust for inflation you can do all kinds of different comparisons and stuff like that so so i pulled out um i pulled out all the raw data off of uh, box office mojo and just put it into a place where people could mess around and play so uh so speaking of episode five okay so the original release uh, Mm um made a total of 209 million dollars Uh, There was a reissue in, I think, 1984 that made $13 million. Uh, The special edition brought in $68 million. So the total ticket sales, unadjusted for inflation and ticket prices, $290 million for Empire Strikes Back. Now, all the Star Wars movies, up to and including Solo, uh, they've earned, in, again, raw prices, uh, just under $4.6 billion, (laughs) which means that Empire Uh uh, contributes just about 6.5%. Of that, of, of those, Whoa. of those dollars. Okay. But here's what's cool. So now when you begin to adjust for inflation, all right, the $290 million, most of which came in in 1980, in oh. 2019 dollars comes out to $857 million. Wow. Now, by comparison, Avengers Endgame, as of today, okay, $837 million dollars. Mm -hmm. All right. So just to give a sense of how successful a film Empire actually was, you're talking about, you know, the movie that's about to break the old, you know, the worldwide record, uh, you know, Empire right up there in terms of uh, in terms of domestic ticket sales. Okay. so uh, a couple of other couple of other cool little facts and figures. So continuing with uh, with with ticket prices in, you know, adjusted into twenty nineteen dollars, Empire Strikes Back made about fifty six percent of uh uh the ticket sales from the original star wars okay so that just goes to show you what what a what uh just a crazy freak uh you know, uh, confluence of nature uh the original star wars was yeah. uh, so much so that 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 of the second movies in the trilogy empire is actually the lowest performer okay huh. uh, wow. A- attack of the clones made 61% of phantom menace the uh, Last Jedi made 63 percent of Force Awakens. Okay, Now again, this is not so much about the quality of Empire, but rather that, that the original Star Wars is so far off the charts that it distorts you know everything. I, yeah. because, because if you look at of, you know, of all the second movies, Empire is by far the best. Attack of the Clones made 67 percent of Empire Strikes Back's money. <laughs> the Last Jedi made 88 percent of, of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, 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 ticket sales. Again, all adjusted for 2019 dollars. So um, one of the things that I did a couple of weeks ago was I looked at all these different, you know, different trends, right? You know, how is how is the sequel trilogy doing versus how do second movies do and how do third movies do? And I I came up with a projection kind of an over-under for what Rise of Skywalker was going to do. Um, Let's so, hear it. so you heard it here first. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, $612.9 million dollars is the happy Beats projection for wow. Rise of Skywalker, uh, uh, domestic. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we'll see for posterity.
1: For posterity. Yeah. We have it, uh, we have it recorded now. So I feel we'll like that's kind of, to, yeah. I feel like that's kind of low, honestly. I, yeah. And, you know, and, cause it's like, I, I think, you have to f- factor in the end of the Skywalker Saga marketing angle of things,
0: yeah, yeah. well, and the, the you know the truth is that that third movies do about the same as second movies, right? You know, Return of the Jedi, you know, was it was a lived it a little bit better than Empire Strikes Back. Revenge of the Sith did. Uh, the, the the somewhat more better than uh, uh, than attack of the clones uh but generally speaking you know the, your your first Star wars movie in a trilogy has a decent chance of predicting where the rest of them are gonna you know are gonna end up uh at least if you know we don't have a huge universe of data here uh we have three trilogies and you know nine movies uh but but uh if if past is prologue uh that's that's where this will end up and i kind of agree with you especially since you know you have these marvel movies routinely making 750 850 million dollars us i kind of want to see them blow this out of the water and uh if anybody can do it you know the house of mouse can but uh, but that's uh that's uh, that's what the trends say
4: it'll be interesting to see if they market the film more as as brandon was saying the end of the entire yeah. Nine movie saga, or if it's going to be marketed more as the end of this trilogy, I'm, I'm guessing the former. I
0: think it would have to be it would have to be both. Right. Uh, and then it, it makes you wonder a little bit. You know, you know, I've been sitting here for the last you know, for the last two months or so trying to decide, uh, you, you know, am I am I more excited for Rise of Skywalker versus the Mandalorian? You know, I think yes. I think I definitely am more excited for 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 Rise of Skywalker, but that, you know, that that it's a bit of a close call. So you're going to have a lot of Star Wars coming out at the same time. Um uh you know, which could be good or bad. You never, you know, it could be just we could just control the entire season. Right? The entire Thanksgiving to, to you know yeah. through through Valentine's Day yeah. season. So that would be amazing.
1: Well, especially if they release yeah. Clone Wars in there too you know
0: yeah you know i don't know when that's supposed to be coming they haven't have they announced no. it? they haven't they announced
4: have, it yet no,
0: no. yeah I'm, guess, which, I'm
4: guessing next year
0: though i think it, i think it probably will be somewhat after this you know this run Um but yeah but but i mean it's a good time to be a star wars fan i'll tell you that
1: absolutely eve what out of like mandalorian and rise <laughs> of skywalker and all, all the big things coming out what what's mm-hmm. the one that fits your fancy that you're looking forward to the most
2: oh, I, I hate to be a cliche, but The Rise of Skywalker.
3: Yeah. It's going to be yeah. so good!
2: I, yes! Really and I, my team on Unmistakably Star Wars, they're like, oh, it's The Mandalorian. I mean, we're definitely going to see The Rise of Skywalker, obviously, but The Mandalorian! And I'm like, yeah. I, no, not yeah. with you.
0: I mean, we're, we're definitely going to see it no less than eight times, uh, <laughs> but it's The Mandalorian. right? No, I get it. I,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've been looking forward to The Mandalorian, but the I know that the one I'm more excited for is The Rise of Skywalker because I have to keep reminding myself that I'm going to see The Mandalorian first. And that, that tells me that That's my, fo- true. my yeah. focus is on The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it's definitely
1: Rise of Skywalker. It's, I mean, The Mandalorian is super exciting, um, but I have a lot of fears of that show. One, I'm not the <clears throat> biggest fan of the nitty-gritty uh, side of Star Wars, I don't mm-hmm. dislike it, but it's just it's just not my my part. And I wasn't a huge fan of the Marvel shows on Netflix. I thought they were really? just a little mm. too dark. I go to Marvel for happy-go-lucky, good times where the heroes win. Um, and and like the <laughs> honestly, the first season of Daredevil at the end when he's just beating the tar out of Kingpin and there's blood going everywhere, I'm just like, mm. it's just not it's not what I go to to entertainment for, which. It is Mm. for some other people, you know, and and that's fine. So I feel like it's. I'm. I'm excited about the Mandalorian, but I'm also kind of apprehensive about it because Mm. I don't want it to be overly gritty.
4: Um, Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I don't think it will. I I don't think so either.
0: I think it's going to be fun. I think that that's the sense that I got from you know from watching the panel and seeing some of the footage a couple a couple months ago. I mean, I think it's going to be incredibly fun.
1: I, I okay. worship at the Temple of John Favreau also. Yes. Like I love yes. everything yes. that man yeah. it's
4: so true. I yeah. would
1: literally watch that man paint walls. I don't even care. <laughs> everything he does yeah. is gold. So uh, That
4: would
0: be a great show. Right. A, yeah.
4: Painting with John.
0: It's
1: just, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just Bob Rossing it over there. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a spaceship now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we actually have a new segment that we're adding onto the show, and and I did not reveal this segment to our guests because I wanted to take them aback uh, before Uh and get their raw raw answers. We're gonna. (laughs) Hey, hey,
4: that could be dangerous. Calm calm
1: down now. This is a family friendly show.
4: Real
0: real high wire.
1: So we're going to add, every time we have guests on from now going forward, we're going to add on some rapid-fire questions. Uh, We're not going to really get into any discussion on it, but just to kind of get um, a feel for each of you as individuals. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the question, and then I'll go Eve first, and then, Bill, you can answer second, and we'll go through. We just have five quick questions. So, Eve, starting with you, which Star Wars movie did you watch most recently and why? And I'm going to take away Empire because it's cheating.
2: (laughs) Um the force awakens and why because that kind of completely 100 percent, totally reignited my star wars love back in 2015 i was in disney world with my family in december of 2015 standing in line at launch bay buying the tickets for the movie and it was just this surreal experience so that's kind of my go-to recently
0: love it bill what about you uh, it, it was Return of the Jedi, and and uh, honestly, for n- no reason. I, there are there are some nights where I just do the, do the equivalent of rolling a nine sided die, and <laughs> pick a number and <laughs> and just turn it on and drift away. And uh, it happened to be Return of the Jedi last night, and it was uh, uh, it was terrific. Love yeah. it, love
1: it. All right, Eve, who is your Star Wars partner in crime or BFF?
2: Um. Probably Devin Cleffer from unmistakably Star Wars.
1: <laughs> that yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Can't really say anything else but that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about you, Bill?
0: Oh, it's uh, it's it's little happy beeps. It's my son Patrick. Okay, right. and and uh, the only thing that I can recommend if you want to really lean into Star Wars fandom, I can only tell you how much it helps to have a ten-year-old partner in crime. Because <laughs> anytime I was like, you know what, we should go see that movie again. Or I think we need that new black series figure. You know, I can always, it's for the kids.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. so we, we it's the
0: so every time a new Star Wars movie comes out, um, we are the most popular people in the neighborhood. Okay, so what I do is you know I I buy out like a row in the theater, right? And then you know the kids all get out of school early because it's Christmas, right? So you know what we do is we give everybody a chance to you know hang out and change and do get get ready for the movie and stuff like that. And then what we do is we we get the minivan, we start driving through the neighborhood with the windows rolled down and the music just blasting oh, out, and we go from gosh. house to house and we pick up all the they run out of the house. Yeah they get in there and then we all go to the movies and it's 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 great. And so, yeah, so the my partner in crime for as long as he will have me is uh, is little happy beeps. Can you
1: adopt me? Is that still allowed? Me
3: too. Oh my gosh, that would be yes. I to join. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, no,
1: it's uh, uh,
0: it's uh, it's it's the best. Yeah.
1: All right, next question, Eve, what would your Star mm. Wars pet be?
2: My Star Wars pet. Oh. Uh Tauntaun.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah,
2: i I get along with a tauntaun.
1: You have to keep it outside though,
2: because it does smell. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, What It'll about get you? Outside.
0: <laughs> oh, gee, this is a this is a tough one. Um, uh, uh, I'm going weird. Uh, salacious crumb. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I I can't fault you there because seeing people at Galaxy's Edge having a salacious crumb riding on their <laughs> shoulder, I'm like, I'm totally gonna do that. And I don't even like Salacious Crumb, and I'm definitely going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I get it. Uh,
1: all right. All next right. question for you, Eve, is which Star Wars character would you let take over your Twitter account?
2: Oh, <laughs> Vader. I would, love to see, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what he would do for a day or
4: two. I love it. I love it. Bill? Uh, it, I think
0: these days, um, <laughs> hmm. This is, and we, we talked about this. I'm not a huge Twitter hound, uh, uh, but uh, I think, I think Ahsoka. I, I think you, know, I think Ahsoka would do a great job at steering clear of the really problematic areas of the social media universe and embracing the really cool ones.
1: You know, you're uh, on the show already, Bill. You don't have to suck yeah. up to me by saying Ahsoka.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <okay. laughs> I'm looking at the logo right now, brother. I can see it.
1: (laughs) All right. And then to round it out, favorite Star Wars one-liner, Eve?
2: Favorite Star Wars. You know what? I have to go with uh, what's in there, only what you take with you.
1: Nice. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right, Bill, what about you?
0: You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view.
2: Yes. Very
4: nice. (laughs)
1: All right, so that was a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our top three, bottom three for Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) We'll never get it out now. So certain are you. Always with you, what cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is
0: totally different.
1: No, no different.
2: Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.
3: All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try.
1: All right, and we are back, and it is time to jump into... Maybe everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. Definitely in the conversation for the most uh, popular Star Wars movie. And for those of you who have not listened before, um, the top three, bottom three format works like this. We will go through our bottom three, uh, which includes things that we would change in the movie, things that we don't like, things we think could improve it things to just completely take out Um, anything of that nature we'll start with our number three which is the least egregious and go to the most egregious and then of course top three works like every top list you've ever listened to or watched so if you if you don't know how that works go watch some more vh1 until then (laughs) let's go ahead and and jump in and uh, mark i know you've been been itching uh, since we announced this series <laughs> to talk about uh, empires, So I'm going to go ahead and start with you. What is oh. your bottom three for em- or your bottom number three
4: for Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> all right. First of all, it's not just my favorite Star Wars. It's my favorite film of all time. Yeah. So having to choose three things that I don't like about it was such an exercise. Mm-hmm. And having to really dig down and and look at the film objectively. And it was not easy, let me tell you. So, my three are probably going to be a little lame. And the third one, I really, really had to scratch for. So, I apologize. It's probably not going to be well thought out. But um, there's something about the fact that the film is a middle chapter and doesn't truly stand on its own that is... I wish could have been maybe a little different. And I'm not quite sure how that could have been done differently. But it the film kind of ends abruptly. And it it definitely leaves you hanging. And the thing that you have to remember is, like, today we're so used to serialized storytelling. Back then, people had there were sequels but other than the godfather there weren't really that many trilogies so i don't mm. think movie audiences were quite accustomed to the notion of going into a film and seeing it sort of end on a cliffhanger mm. was there was there ever anything
0: uh, like i don't i don't mean to be overly dramatic about it but was there ever anything like that where 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 you had a movie and then you had a second movie and the story wasn't fully Complete. finished mm. and you needed to wait
4: like the only thing I can think of is maybe the Godfather, but I don't even think the Godfather I, follows that. I agree. I, I think yeah. that, you
0: know, that, 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 that could have been done with Godfather two. Um, I think, right. But that, I, I,
4: but that film yeah. stands on its own a little bit. Better, it, it, that's, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And, and not only, not only is it a middle chapter, it is so stylistically different from the first film that, a lot of people sort of take it for granted. We've lived with it now for forty years, so we we don't think of it in in terms of being brand new. But a lot of people were, you know, a little iffy on it. Uh, Empire was not immediately embraced by critics. It it had a few yeah. naysayers. Um, mm-hmm. I think if, uh, if if Empire
0: had come out, you know, in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. the way that Last oh. Jedi did, you know? oh. Yes. I think <laughs> totally it, different. Story. Oh, yes. Right, and I think that's, <laughs> that's an incredibly important perspective. Right. Because, you know, you would have had the same types of things. Right. This is a betrayal of the characters. You know, this is, uh, you know, they've left the story no place to go. You know, all kinds of different things where where in today's world it would have been. I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. It, it, yeah. it, we have to remember how how uh, problematic it, it it was for a lot of people at that time.
4: Right. So so my choosing that is the third most objective objectionable thing. It really has more to do with looking at it in terms of how did people react to it back then? Um, it now it fits in so nicely as a, as a middle chapter that I, we don't think about it. I I'm certainly not bothered by it being a middle chapter, but I, I do wonder if it could have been constructed in such a way that it was more of a standalone film.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm not even sure mm-hmm. how, how one would do that, but I, I, not to, do to, to too many
0: comparisons to The Last Jedi, but Last Jedi is almost more of a standalone film, right? Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I, I, I often can't decide. I, I went into Last Jedi thinking that we were going to be on a cliffhanger. Or not a cliffhanger, but a game changer, right? That there was going mm-hmm. to be something along the lines of... I, I guess I, I was conditioned by Empire Strikes Back <laughs> you know, to, to expect that. And, and generally, it, you know, that it might... It, it, challenge my expectations in that way but i think it it, at a bare minimum you got to say that this was an innovative and risky thing Mm -hmm. for uh, you know for lucas to do Mm -hmm. Um, oh totally
1: well and even like i mean if you i think if you put it next to attack of the clones um empire works a little bit better comparatively as a standalone in terms of a middle film like attack of the clones you really need to know what's going on with Phantom Menace. You need to know who all these characters are because they don't really give you the time to figure out yeah. why Anakin's mm-hmm. so obsessed with Padme, why his mom's so important to him. And then it really does, like, fall off at the end, like, oh, this war started. Wait, what? what yeah. what's next? <laughs> you know, um, Empire is kind of more like that because you get the, I am your father and it's like, well, is he really, yeah. is he not? Whereas last Jedi does kind of, you could imagine last Jedi being the ending of the saga. It wouldn't be as satisfying right. of an
4: ending, but they oh, can yeah. stop it I here, think, here. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and
1: it would be fine.
4: Yeah. Like if we were still, if we were still looking at films as first movie and then a sequel, and we weren't thinking in terms of trilogy that this last Jedi could have totally been the sequel that ended right. that story. Absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, have you, have you all done uh, the, the top three, bottom three for the prequels?
1: Yeah, we went through. We're going you through. You did do them. Okay. All yeah, right, we're yeah. going through mm-hmm. um, in the the cool. timeline. So I have, to, I have to go back and listen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, goodness. definitely. Yeah. Go back and listen. All of you. I will. Go back and listen. <laughs> 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 all right, Eve, I'm going to toss it to you next. Your bottom number three.
2: So I have to echo Mark and how incredibly difficult this was. And I went on a more superficial scene by scene kind of objectively picking out things that just made me feel like oh that was unnecessary um, instead of the which I completely agree with what was just discussed in, in insofar as being the middle child of a uh, of a trilogy that was not really, what is the word I'm looking for? Routine or regular movie, like cinematic experiences. I definitely agree with that. Um, but for me, my least egregious, surprisingly, was Luke and, Luke and Leia's kiss. And I think <laughs> oh, that that's yeah. just because... It wasn't my
4: least, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know what? I, and I struggled with that, too, because I was like, it should be the, the most egregious. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what we know with, you know just re- immediately afterwards with return of the jedi. A part of me would love to sit down with George Lucas and say, "Listen, you know, you've made it clear on a few different instances that you didn't have a direct plan. But why would you still do this if that was still an option in the future?" So that's kind of where my brain goes every time that scene pops up.
3: <laughs>
0: it's almost as though uh, it's almost as though he knew that Game of Thrones would one day be made. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's what they meant when they said Star Wars influenced Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was uh, yeah. he
3: was
4: just ahead of his time. Right, yeah. <laughs> Honestly,
1: yeah. like when when I was rewatching it, I I watched that scene trying to see could you just cut that part out and the scene would still work and you totally could. You oh, could just I don't know. You you could definitely take out the kiss and the scene would just work. It wouldn't be maybe as impactful, but it would be a lot less creepy.
0: Yeah. I think you know, one of the the, the so the one of the best parts about that scene is you've got you, you see PO just kind of sticking his head up, looking at what's going on. <laughs> and Chewbacca says something. Right? You can hear Chewbacca sort of mumbling
3: <laughs> while that's
0: going on. And I'm so that's your to know, sister,
3: dude. I <laughs> know what he said. Uh, three I'm
1: I'm PO's sure. wondering. He's like, was R2 yeah. trolling me when he said they were related? I don't know if yeah, I should like, say anything.
0: Yeah, like is it like is there some memory that's sort of like just, just like <laughs> desperately trying to break through where three <laughs> Psych like, Wait, wait, something's wrong. I that's over, never mind. I don't know.
1: Oh man. Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. In in the context of the movie where when it was made it was it was good, but oof, oof. Okay. Alright. Bill. Yeah. All right, you. so
0: I'm, I'm going to continue the trend of superficiality. I, you know, all right, I'm going to get more, you know, I'm going to have more gravitas as this goes along. I promise. But I've been thinking for three weeks, trying to think of three things that I would change about this movie. I literally thought of this third one like an hour and a half ago, and it's meaningless. So, but I'm going to say it anyway. The design of the of the the twin pod cloud cars makes no sense at all. <laughs>
2: Oh, please explain. Yes. Right, okay. oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Right, continue. Like right,
0: okay, there's a pilot and there's a gunner. Right? This is, I had to look this up right? Cause said, what are what are the two things actually for? Right, evidently there's a pilot and there's a gunner. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my sense is, and I'm not an engineer, I'm not a pilot or anything like that, but my sense is that the lack of symmetry between the two pilots in terms of whatever it is you're shooting at or whatever it is you're flying towards would cause a real problem. <laughs> and it seems to me that there are probably better ways to design whatever they were trying to do. <laughs> and for a, and for a, for a a saga that is always so precise and so, uh you know deliberate in terms of the the real world designs that they put into everything this just doesn't make any sense to me mm. and you know like literally not until like star killer based does something make less sense in my opinion um uh so i you know it's they're they're sort of beautiful and interesting but uh uh yeah that's uh, and i'm sorry I've
1: never, have <laughs> never I, thought of, I, I've never thought
0: about that. We,
4: we, I haven't either. But it's a great, it's a great observation because it's yep. really true.
0: Yeah, I, like I can't think of anything in the real world where that's how you would design it, and it it never bothered me until you, Brandon, forced me.
1: <laughs> I so mean, like so, that.
3: <laughs> I get, so, <laughs> I get to be the jerk
1: this week because Drew's not on the show. Okay, let me enjoy this. <laughs> That's all right.
4: That's all right. So that's so wait, right. so there's a so the 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 one guy is a pilot and then there's a gunner? Is that so that's what the two the two pods are? Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's...
0: so like you know what what's actually going on? And where do the uh, where do the blaster bolts come from? Do they come from right underneath the gunner do they come from the middle of the thing? Either way, it would seem like you'd have you'd have a you'd have a problem trying to line up a shot. Yeah. So I don't understand, uh, you know, what. Uh, hey,
1: I mean, they hit the Falcon, so. Fair.
0: They did.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Which if right. we're talking about designs that doesn't work, I mean, the, the Millennium Falcon, I love it. But you can't see to your left. At all. At all. Um, <laughs> so I'm just saying yeah. it's it's yeah. kind of a Star Wars thing. I guess so. All right, let's uh, move on to our number two and send it back around to you, Mark.
4: Okay, um, so my second one, again, it's a bit of a reach, Uh, but the way that the movie handles time is a little wonky Mm. because once they leave Hoth and they go their separate ways, the timeline of Luke training with yoda just seems like such a long time and i've seen debates online about how long that could be um, in relation to what's going on with han and leia and the falcon and mm-hmm. the only thing that makes sense is if during han and leia's chase or escape that the moments when they're hiding out and maybe take place over maybe days instead of just... In the movie, it feels like they're only there for a few hours. Mm -hmm. Like when they hide inside the asteroid, it kind of feels like they're only there for a few hours, but that could possibly be days. But it really does make you think that Luke has been training for at least a week or two, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: if not more. And that's just sort of bugs me, but it's really not something I think that I ever thought about until the internet was developed and other, <laughs> other people told me I needed to worry about that. So
0: how, how, long, how long are they on Cloud City? When, when, Han, when Han comes in and says, you know, a few more things and we're in great shape, and Leia says, you know, 3PO's been gone too long to have gotten lost. Right. Well, She's, I... she's wearing a different outfit. Where well, she got that outfit unclear uh, I, th- that's always where I thought maybe there was there was some big time gap there that, that might make sense of it but you're right it's not made it's not
4: made clear yeah and here's here's the reason why I thought that too but here's the reason why I think it can't be too long on Cloud City it's because we know that the Empire Lando says that the Empire arrived before they arrived mm-hmm. so uh, I can't imagine the Empire just hanging out for like yeah. a week. <laughs> waiting yeah. to
0: capture yeah. these you're, guys you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. that makes
4: sense there's
1: yeah. also the fact that the falcon doesn't have uh hyperspeed so or can't go through hyperspace because i mean that's going to elongate the time of travel even though really you would be looking at like light years then so it kind of messes with it even more but
3: yeah yeah so must so, have
1: guess,
0: some hyperdrive i have, have i it, have
1: trouble yeah. with time in movies just in general I always feel like yeah. unless they give me like five years later I'm like I don't know it all happened like two hours it's just <laughs> yeah. it's an episode of 24 yeah. what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> alright Eve let's go to you and your number two
2: Uh, I don't know if this has enough gravitas I don't know if any of my answers will to be honest but it's a it's a nitpicky thing and
1: that's what we do
2: here Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> It's, it's kind of along the line of the cloud car co-pilot thing, but it took two ion blasters to take down or disable temporarily, it's not very clear, mm. a Star Destroyer. It just seems that, I mean, it was just like, bam, bam. And then you see it, you know, the engine light starting to fade and it's starting to just dip into space. And that, for me, the suspension of disbelief was just pulled a little too far there. Which is crazy because I'm looking at Star Destroyers and you know yeah. Vader, like it just. It's, it's funny it's what very... breaks
1: our suspension of disbelief. Yes. it's always these yeah. little things.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, so in the cave, you know that's Earth. <laughs> like, it's just little things.
0: So why maybe, doesn't yeah. The... Yeah. Why... go ahead? I was going to say maybe someday somebody will make a movie. Um, you know, much like Rogue One explaining uh, about the sabotage that occurred right at that moment in order to bring the thing down. Yeah, I mean, like you know, may, yeah, maybe maybe they'll have to do another movie length retcon <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to explain. Yeah,
4: yeah, the yeah. cannon never gets used more than once, so why mm-hmm. was it only used once?
2: Yeah, especially if that's the effect.
4: Right. Right, if well, it's that ma- powerful. If, okay.
2: Exactly. There should be no empire at that point.
4: Maybe really it takes
1: one. like a long time to power up. You know? Like, oh. like well, weeks yeah. at a time.
2: It, it sucks the sun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, once again. It's
2: actually uh, sucking
1: the core <laughs> out of Hoth. Hoth is imploding because of the ion
4: cannon. Imagine <laughs> imagine though if the rebels had known about the holdo maneuver back then. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That just fire up, fire up one of those ships, just get yeah. one person to volunteer and say, hey, you're going to take care of that fleet for us, aren't you? Yep.
1: I mean, shoot, you, you steal a Star Destroyer, which we see them do in the comics, and you just go right through the Death Star. Boom. Even, even better. You, you don't need one little tiny <laughs> hole. You just got the, the whole Death Star right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, let's end it to you and your nitpick number two.
0: Um, okay, so this one, this one is a little bit more substantive. Um and I'll just I'll just say it. I don't like the special edition changes to Vader's scenes in mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back. Uh I, I you know I and I and I, I go with both of them, right? So the you know the the leaving Cloud City goes from this you know this very awesome understated you know bring my shuttle to it didn't even sound like you. I know, alert my star destroyer to prepare for my, my you know, arrival, and make sure that everyone is at the meeting at nine a.m., and <clears throat> bring pencils for every. It's, he, he doesn't talk like that, you know. Um, uh, uh, so I, I felt like that sort of drained some of the, you know, some of the weight of that of that moment. Uh, and then, you know, the the same thing. I, I really just preferred the the the, the original conversation. Between Vader and and the Emperor, um, before and and I th- you know the idea was of course let's you know let's introduce the fact that these that these two guys are just lying to one another about who Luke Skywalker is and and everything and it's to me it's the difference between and I say this with the deepest and most sincere uh, awe and respect but it's the difference between Lawrence Kasdan Lee Brackett writing and George Lucas mm-hmm. script writing you know I I I, I think um you know vader the character that was created in empire strikes back only says as much as he needs to and sometimes not even that sometimes he lets the silence speak for him uh mm-hmm. and in both of those changes i felt like you know they were they were leaning into this exposition and you know and uh and trying to articulate and explain things that didn't need to be explained and uh and i, I would have preferred um, I would have preferred them leaving it alone. Do you guys think that, that someday they'll release a version of the um, uh, the original trilogy where you can kind of pick and choose from a menu? Oh, I've, a totally,
4: I've totally wanted that. In fact, I have even played around with video editing. Into really? Where yeah. I take portions of the originals, that I, the scenes that I want to keep in, and, wow. and edit them in, splice them in. So... so and keep other special edition changes because I'm not somebody that hates the, all the special edition.
0: No, no, I, me, me as well. I, I, yeah. It's just a couple of these things that that, that get to me. But but um, I, as I, I, I put it in the category of a nitpick because mm-hmm. I, I can run both movies in my head anytime I want. Um, uh, so you know the, it's it's not as though it takes me out of the experience. But I I, I would have left them the way
4: they were.
1: Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. one of the dangers of like having a character in a mask is you know you can go back and and change the lines and i i i'm right with you there i like the vader who is just intimidating you know these three to five word sentences and you're not quite sure if he's done saying what he's gonna say or if he's just gonna kill you now you know that's one of the things the vader comic i think did so so well is he doesn't say much um everything's really short and to the point. He's not, he's not going to stand there and elaborate. Um, and that's adds so much of a level of intimidation. Whereas mm-hmm. I wonder, I, I wonder almost if they were trying to soften the character a little bit, you know, mm. to, mm. to kind of prep for the prequels and, and get people in the mode of like, this is actually a tragic hero and not your, your super villain, which
0: mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, actually, I mean, now, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, these this, at least one of them, the new conversation with the emperor, that that now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't that a DVD change and not a special edition change? Because they, it, it wasn't that? Uh, uh, I
4: think it was a. Was it a? Well, I, yeah, I guess it would have been a DVD. Change, that might have been in
0: 2004, right? And not and not 97. Uh, mm-hmm. But I only thought of that when you when you when you mentioned that idea, Brandon, of of just it, it trying to, you know, kind of round out the edges prior to ninety nine. But I think that some of those changes were actually made later. like, you know, even as as Revenge of the Sith was getting ready to come out. Um,
4: that's
0: I mean, yeah, who that's can, very who, possible. can say, who can keep track? Yeah,
4: yeah, because Ian McDermott definitely has the Revenge of the Sith makeup. Yeah, And that's saying That's a good
0: point. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he sound like he's just on painkillers that entire? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I just, yeah, there's a, I I don't quite understand. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So let's go to our number ones, uh, which will be explaining why Empire is the worst Star Wars movie. It ruined Star (laughs) Wars and uh, boycott Return of the Jedi. I don't know. Anyways, Mark, go ahead.
4: I, I feel lame because my uh, Bill Welcome and Eve, my life. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Eve have already taken, sort of taken my number one. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's really only two other things that I can think of that I that I didn't dig, and one of them, of course, is the kiss. Uh, mm-hmm. That was probably my number one thing, <laughs> and it's not beyond the fact that it's just weird anyway. It's mm-hmm it doesn't even play as comedy because at the time we didn't know that they were brother and sister but now the fact that he left it in and and, and perhaps could have cut it means he wanted it to play as maybe a a gross out moment or like a ooh they're kissing and they're sister brother and sister like it's just such a weird choice to leave it mm-hmm. um that whole scene I know that everybody loves the scruffy looking nerf herder and it's a, it's a cute line and the exchange between Han and Leia and the tension and the fighting. And it's, it's really, I enjoy that all through the film, but something about that entire scene where they're all together and they're kind of picking at each other. It, it it's a little forced to, to me as an adult, as a kid, I loved it. Um, it, the whole scene just doesn't play quite like it did when I was younger, but That's just me being a cantankerous old guy (laughs) (laughs) at this point, you know. But that's really the only thing where I ever kind of go, this scene doesn't have quite the luster that it used to for me. That's literally the only thing because everything else in the film, I'm I'm able to kind of just experience it as if I'm a 10-year-old again. The only other thing that I was going to mention, it was kind of bouncing off something Bill said about the special editions. There's a... There's a moment in when Luke arrives on Dagobah and R2 gets pulled under the water by the by the swamp monster and swallowed and then he gets spit out. The original yeah. Luke says, "You're lucky you don't taste very good." And he replaced it with "You're lucky to to have gotten out of that." Mm. And yep. it just always bothered me because the first line was so good. Yeah. And I don't yeah. I don't understand why that would have been changed, so.
0: Yeah, I think a couple of those were just – they they just didn't have the audio that they wanted. There's another one that I bump on that's really, really – that's, that's so – Han used to say, you know, until I can get the shelter built. Mm. And now he says, until I can get the shelter up. Or maybe it's vice versa. But I, once again, I hear it the old way. Uh. And, and it takes me out of it every time. But, but it, you know, I can only imagine when they're trying to piece these movies back together – uh, you know, 20 to 17 years after the fact or whatever it is that they just say, you know what, this audio works and this one doesn't. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to deal. But I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that, that would make sense. All right, Eve, let's go to you.
2: Uh, okay. Again, stretching it. Cause I love this movie. It was tough to find, but kind of right from the get go, Leia's always been this strong, independent female character. That was her role in a new hope and everybody assumed that that would continue throughout the films and it did but the early moments of empire strikes back where the camera keeps focusing on her face as han is walking through hoth base talking about how he has to leave cuz he's got a bounty and this that and the other i don't like that like love lost forlorn You know, I'm angry at him because I do love him, but I'm not going to show anybody just yet. I don't like that kind of focusing on her while she's trying to essentially be a leader. Because it's like, Mm. this person is so powerful, we've come to know her. I mean, she ends up being a general in the sequel trilogy, but she's pretending, essentially, to be a leader at that moment while her attention is on a man. Mm. I don't like that. And that could be the feminist in me talking. I'm not (laughs) normally, you know kind of going down on that ship when it comes to Star Star Wars. But (laughs) that moment, watching it today, I was like, oh, I'm cringing a little bit. I don't like that.
1: (laughs) That's interesting because, you know, she's the one who really rescues the boys in A New Hope. yeah. And then she's almost looking at Han like she still needs him to rescue her, kind of, you know? That's interesting. I've never looked at it through that lens, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Eve, would you would you believe if I told you <laughs> that your number one and my number one are almost exactly the same?
3: Oh, really? Oh, what? Really? Is it?
0: And I was so nervous about this uh, <laughs> because no, honestly, because it, you know, because it's not as though I, I don't have you know specific things about the, I I don't have the movie in my head this time mm-hmm. that I'd like to see, mm-hmm. right? But I honestly think that that Leia is a gigantic missed opportunity in this movie, um, you know, and maybe there just wasn't room for it, but her story arc is, it's just on the wrong side of conventional. Yeah. Uh, in my, right. And, and part of it is, um, you know, so, you know, look at what we saw her go through in, uh, in a new hope. Mm-hmm. She went, you know, this, this horrifying, you know, trauma, Right. And what we see at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back is somebody that, that that is doing her job, right, to the point where it is and her you know her arc is that she she lets Han in, right? And that's that, that is a meaningful and and you know narratively you know justified and legitimate and legitimate arc. Mm-hmm. But why is she like that? right why you know why is she closed off and it's it's because she's been traumatized
3: right, right.
0: and yeah. and you don't see uh-huh. that anywhere in the movie and and i just you know maybe they thought of it and they just didn't have room for it but maybe they wanted to focus on the on the boys right maybe they uh-huh. you know the and that in it, with the with the benefit of 40 years right and uh, you know and and uh and again, you know, an imperative to come up with something that I would do differently. I want, I want the movie to be more generous to Leia.
4: Hmm, mm, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I, I can't say that I've looked at it that way, but I think that those ideas do have registered with me. I've always been, or not always, but I, as I've come to know the films better and appreciate Leia more. Uh, over the years it does bother me that that she that her story she never got to deal with uh like you said the trauma of losing her entire family her entire world um there's did you guys read the novelization of the the force awakens yes yeah but uh was it the was it the force awakens or the last jedi where she has that moment in the cockpit where she breaks, it's Last Jedi. I think
0: it's uh, Last Jedi, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, at the, the very beginning, there's a funeral for, for
4: Han, right? Well,
0: is that, Are we talking about the same thing? Or? I,
4: I think it's towards the end, and oh, she, okay. she's in the Falcon, and she's, she's trying to collect herself for, before she goes back out and speaks to everyone and says, you know, basically the line, we have everything we need. Mm. But she has this moment alone where she, she lets herself break down, and I was just destroyed by that scene mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's something that we've never gotten to see. Um, and also, I mean, I know we're talking about Empire and not not uh, Return of the Jedi, but the fact that she never deals with the revelation that Vader was her father, that's a huge yeah. opportunity. Yes. Yeah,
1: See, I, I, I feel like they were trying to make Leia... Well, and I, I think they did make Leia a, a strong female character, as cliche as it is to say nowadays... But to some extent, I think there was this desire to tell a a, a fairy tale and you need the damsel in distress. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so in an effort to stick with those tropes um, and kind of, you know, fill those spots, it it caused Leia's story to suffer, where I feel as the, the sequel trilogy, they're not trying to fill boxes as much. And so you have more freedom to make Leia this really strong leader because we see moments of her being a great leader in Empire you know we see her talking yeah. to the pilots before they go we see her being the Hut Slayer in, uh, in in Jabba's Palace but then you do have those moments where she's yearning after Han or when you go to Jedi where you know they've just finished this great battle and, and she's telling you know oh no he's my brother and, uh, and you have this cheesy love scene and yeah it, it's it's <laughs> I don't know if it's problematic, but it is annoying.
0: Yeah, and and I want to be clear. You know what what they did with Leia in in all of these movies. I, I don't know that I've ever seen what they did done done better. You, you know, I mean the 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 story that they that they told uh, and and what they did explore. You know, Carrie Fisher nailed it. The directors nailed it. But uh, it, you know, it, it, again, when I take a step back from it, I'm like, wait a minute, what about? What about all this stuff that we just sort of left on the table? I want I may want to see that movie.
3: Well, it's right,
1: it's it, a, you know, as
0: well. Right.
1: It's a matter of like you have Carrie Fisher and she you know because of her personality that she can play that kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um where it's not gonna be the the cliche of of, of overplaying your <clears throat> hand where you make it a centerpiece that this you have this strong woman instead of just like like movies like Wonder Woman, mm. you she's just she's just a strong woman. There's no explanation for it. You don't need to justify it. It's not even the centerpiece of the film. It just happens because that's the the right story to tell. Um, and and you have a, a strong person like Gal Gadot, and I mean strong in like her presence on screen. You can't look away. Same for Carrie Fisher with me. You can't look away when she's on screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some missed opportunity there and that's coming from somebody who like <laughs> my phone wallpaper is Princess Leia. I have a Princess Leia toy <laughs> sitting right in front of me like but yeah, there's definitely some missed opportunity there. I'm sad yeah. though because you guys missed the the most egregious thing. Oh. Yeah, oh no. Yeah. Uh-oh. This has bothered me since I was probably like 10 years old, okay? So I'm going to get it off my chest now and then we'll move <laughs> into the good stuff.
4: Go you're for in it. A, you're in a safe space.
1: Can- <laughs> <laughs> what? What happens to Luke's ladder? <laughs> These are the things I need to know. Luke takes off from Dagobah and huh. leaves his ladder there. First of all, where was the ladder at when he flew from Hoth? Was it underneath? Because I didn't see his ladder underneath. Where does that ladder fit in? You know? how did... I'm not even yeah. concerned about R2 getting up on, on the, the X-Wing because he has his little jets, okay? But Luke's ladder, guys.
4: Seriously. You know that? That's, so that scene where he's he's flying off, but we don't see him fly off because we're, we're on Yoda and Ben having that conversation about there is another. What we don't see is that the light ladder's getting caught in all the vines and, <laughs> and it's pulling trees with it as it's flying no, off. No. <laughs> yeah, it's Luke opens the off. cockpit
1: and he's like reaching out like Anakin does <laughs> on the pod racer with a little thing trying to pull it in. Um, I don't know why. That's one of those things I've always just been like, what about the ladder? Like... What's, what's the point of having it there if you're just going to leave it there? I know it wasn't Yoda's ladder, so anyways. All right, yeah. I, I feel better <laughs> now, guys. I feel... Oh, well, it's good. Let's move into the good stuff now. Let's move into the top. <coughs> and, of course, we're going to start with our number three, which is our least favorite, but still really high on the list because it's Empire and
4: everything's our favorite.
1: Uh, so we're going to go to you, Mark.
4: Okay, my third favorite thing in the film is so there are moments I've had when I'm sitting in a movie theater and I see something I've never seen before and it's life-changing and those moments stand out so much to me that I can I pretty much can count all of those moments on one hand Mm. so I'm going to name four moments that I've had this experience where I'll never forget the first time I saw uh, a scene or a moment. Uh, the fourth one is the reentry scene in the movie Gravity. Um, oh, yeah. The third is the Charge of the Rohirrim in Return of the King. Ah, very good.
3: Mm. Uh,
4: the second one is the Brachiosaurus in Jurassic Park. Oh, mm, very dope. cool. And the number one are the AT- ATs. Mm -hmm. because as a as a little kid who grew up loving dinosaurs and you know big monsters to see these big mechanical things i've never seen anything like it and to see them standing on the horizon and you can't quite make out what it is and then you know you get those the binoculars you get that that first shot of the foot coming down it's like what is this as a 10 year old it blew my mind and to this day and I can't even count the number of times I've watched Empire, I still see the attack on Echo Base like I did when I was 10 years old. Uh, even though the special effects today are so much better and you can see like where the compositing and the matting and the things, like it's, it looks a little dated and the stop motion is a little stop motion-y. Mm. To me, they're just these wondrous behemoths. And... I, I just love them. I love them so much. Yeah. I think it says
0: something from a from a design point of view that uh, you know. Fast forward to the Last Jedi, and you know, in terms of creating a menacing land based presence,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we really can improve on no. the AT. We can make them bigger. Yeah, right. That's what we can. That's what we can do. But that image is as scary now as it was as it was then. And there's you know what's going to be what what what's going to be scarier
3: mm-hmm.
4: that's a good point well that's the entire the, the whole concept of of mobility of you have machines that can fly they can hover they can roll on the ground with wheels but yet the empire has machines that walk and yeah. just that <laughs> yeah. never occurred to me that 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 a, that a that a spacefaring culture would use walking machines well
1: mm-hmm. and the fact that they move so slowly it's like they're almost taunting you. We know yeah. there's nothing you can do about this, and we're going to make sure you know as you slowly, slowly die.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. amazing what, you know, a lot of times, especially I, I feel personally, gr- uh, somebody who grow, grew up with, like, CGI and stuff, when I go back and I look at, at how movies were made, you know, during the time of Star Wars, and then I, I see the behind-the-scenes stuff and then watch it in the movie, I almost see the behind the scenes as I'm watching the movie and and I focus more on like, oh yeah, this is how they made that work instead of like, this is what's going on in the movie. That never happens with Empire and I think that says a lot. That scene comes on and there's no thinking about the documentaries or anything like that about how they put it together with the stop motion or even how small the models are. I think honestly it's more amazing because the models are so small compared to what you get on screen. It's so out of this world and yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got it. I've got a, a, actually, from Unmistakably Star Wars sent it to me, the Outer <laughs> Rim original uh, of the Imperial invasion on my wall. And, I mean, just looking mm. at it is awe-inspiring.
3: Mm, it's
0: so cool.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, Eve, let's go to you.
2: My, so I know this was mentioned um, <laughs> in in a bottom three list, but I mm. love the moment with Vader and Emperor, and the Emperor. I think Just seeing his demeanor from, let me go back a little bit. So in A New Hope, Vader felt very, almost like fervent, like scattered, just kind of zipping about. He talked quickly. And then in Empire, they slowed him down. And yes, they added dialogue that seems a little out of place, but that subservient nature that immediately happens when the Emperor's hollow pops up was just, I remember as a kid. Shocking. Because I was looking at Vader just like, oh, he's the most badass, powerful. Like, look at him. I would never in a million years try to go up against that. And then there he is kneeling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, you know, yeah. Yeah. just what can I do for you, master? And it that kind of polarization of my favorite character is the reason why he is my favorite character. I love the duality of Darth Vader. And that moment. It just, it has to be on my top.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you 100%. Even if you go yeah, before a, that yeah. to where,
1: you know, the uh, the admiral or the captain comes up to him and says, you know, the emperor is requesting a call or, or demands you call or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like instant. He's like, get us out of the asteroid field so we can have a clear transmission. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and, and you expect when you've got like this big hulking machine of a man. Mm-hmm as, like, your lead villain, there's somebody who's got to be bigger and badder than him, and you get this old man.
3: Right.
1: And it (laughs) in a movie that's so centered around the Force, and you get so much about the the Force from Yoda, to think about it in the context of the dark side of the Force, the power and the Force that this guy must have, because there's no way he's outpowering Vader. You can tell that right away. So, Mm -hmm. and I think... When you look at that, and then you add it on to you know what we see of him in uh, Return of the Jedi, and it just you've got that foundation of you need to be scared of this guy not just because he's the Emperor of this evil empire, you know, because that's just a political position. He has power beyond Darth Vader, which is is yeah. scary. And honestly, I think the yeah. more we get in like the comics and you know things like Rogue One, where we see. Vader's just insane amount of power mm-hmm. in the dark side does mm-hmm. nothing but make that scene more intimidating and make Palpatine a better villain. Yeah. It's going to be good in episode nine guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so are you guys happy to know that Palpatine is in episode nine?
1: I'm yes. I'm on a, yes. I'm a mixed bag on that. I'm excited that he's in it. There's a part of me that wishes it was a surprise. Yeah. But there's another part of me that's mm-hmm. really enjoying trying to figure out how the hell they're going to make it work.
0: So here's a here's the reason why I ask because because I'm I'm with you, Eve. I love that scene. I was standing the fact that I don't love the changes to it. I love <laughs> that I love that scene because suddenly you had he's on his knees. Yeah, right. Darth Vader is on his knees, looking yep. up at this at, at at this presence that we've only heard about up until this point.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and what it does, you know, and things things are somewhat informed by. return of the jedi now because we it's hard to it's hard to imagine what empire strikes back was like um you know before return of the jedi came out but in empire strikes back we knew that there was somebody bigger and one of the things that that i that that i was really impressed with in the last jedi was yeah i mean kylo ren Mm
3: -hmm.
0: he wiped out every you know how are you going to beat this guy, you know, there's there, there's there's no way to kind of imagine or you know, a redemption arc or or a or any kind of an arc really mm-hmm. when there's not this other big presence that's out there and I was impressed by that because it it had me wondering what are they going to do in in episode 9 and now I kind of know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just it's I I, I have uh, uh, you know mixed feelings about it, yeah.
4: Yeah, the thing that I like about the emperor and the Vader scene in Empire is how I I I don't for a minute believe that that's the first moment that Vader finds out that that Luke Skywalker or that Luke is actually a Skywalker that that's his son. I think he already knows, and I think the yeah. Emperor knows he knows. And <laughs> that scene, if you if you listen carefully to the way that they speak to each other, they're really gaslighting each other. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah, they
3: are. Yeah, it's
4: exactly. Like, it's exactly. They right. each yeah. know. The Emperor knows that he's out there looking for Luke. And and so they're just kind of playing this this cat and mouse game where they're trying to like not totally reveal that like hey I'm on to you, uh, but yeah, yeah
0: they're they're both kind of on to each other. Yeah, right? it's sometimes. like I know you've
4: been lying to me. Okay, well
0: you've been lying to me too, haven't you? <laughs> right. It's,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Yeah.
1: All right. So that takes us. I think that takes
0: us to you, Bill. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so. Uh, For me, uh, my number three uh, is the Falcon. The Falcon as a character of Mm. this movie, and uh, I I like to think about. I think about Star Wars in in terms of you know one of the things that these people did that other people tried to do but nobody could really do it you know do it better. And the idea of having somebody's car, somebody's spaceship, somebody's whatever as a as a character, Mm -hmm. I've just I've never you know never seen it done so well. You know, generally. Maybe, uh, uh. You, you know, but this, you know, this notion of a real relationship between, you know, a couple of buddies and their and their car is is beautiful. It's hilarious. It's sweet. It's um, uh, it 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 rounds out the movie in uh, in in such an important way for something with such a heavy, you know, a heavy uh, topic and a heavy message. And um, as much as I enjoyed it until. Ah uh, twenty eighteen I enjoy it ten times more now that I can imagine um l three three seven mm. behind all this. like i now i now I love just imagining l three just messing with the characters <laughs> of the
1: entire movie, yeah, that's so my head canon.
0: Right. like you know, just Mm -hmm. like, like, no, no, I'm going to move when I'm ready to move, not on your schedule. And, (laughs) you know, I'll use whatever dialect I feel like it. And, you know, all these different like you just once you imagine a real personality behind it. And now, I mean, in in my headcanon, I know that R2 came in and was actually the one who saved the day and, you know, got the hyperdrive working when they were leaving Cloud City. But I'm sorry. She recognizes Lando. You know, she recognizes Lando when he comes back and and uh, and and that's just, you know, knowing the entire saga, being able to zoom out from it. It's a beautiful reunion now, Mm -hmm. you know, between those between those characters. Um, uh, So, again, I don't I don't know that you could ever do something that, you know, that magical again, uh, which is, you know, infusing this this, uh, you know, this amazing ship with such character and such um, personality. Uh, and just, you know, a perfect partnership with the other characters on, on screen.
1: Well, and if you, you look at the, the impact the Falcon has to this day, I mean, yeah. you have yeah. things like like the, the figure being pulled in on things like Stranger Things, you know, um, and becoming yeah. like a, a key point there where they could have used, you know, anything from the 80s. Um, but even like right. looking at Galaxy's Edge... Yeah, Mm. we were all excited about going to Galaxy's Edge, but let's be honest—we were really excited about seeing a full-size Falcon. (laughs) You know, like that's the bottom line. Like you, the land doesn't work without that because it's such a critical part. I mean, I've seen conversations of. People like, could they kill the Falcon in episode nine? And it's like, uh, don't, uh, don't uh, do you, know. that. Is one thing I like. I th- feel like I could draw a line in the sand and be like, you do
4: that. I'm just, I can't, I can't. <laughs> that, uh, yeah,
0: the, Star Wars. yeah.
4: yeah. The Falcon and R2, you don't touch either one of those. Yeah, yeah,
0: but no, I, I think, uh, I think Empire gave us that. I think that a new hope. I, 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 nothing holds a candle to a new hope in my mind, but I think Empire gave us these things. Empire gave us the Falcon in a way that um, uh, that, that a new hope just didn't have have time to do because it was introducing so much else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I think that, that that legacy persists. You know, I don't think you have a solo movie without the 11, without the Millennium Falcon. You know, I don't. Um, uh, so yeah, that that's uh, that's my number three.
1: So, Bill, how do you feel about how they handled the Falcon in Solo? I know we're not t- talking Solo, but it was it was a big yeah. thing. Did you like how they got it d- to be in its uh, disheveled state?
0: I, I, and I, I did, I did because because you know Lando's not going to own the same ship that Han owns, right? You know, even like they're not going to they're not you know they're not going to they're not going to have the same relationship. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you bridge that gap? And like, and like I said, I, I really loved almost every part of of solo, but what I, the the thing that I found the most kind of unnecessarily brilliant thing that they did and that they, they gave to star Wars is they, they passed on the Falcon from Lando to Han by, you know, by, by introducing this completely different character, right? This, um, you know, this, this, you know, hyper-progressive, you know, Uh, you know, sort of weirdly love based droid, you know, who was, who was this revolutionary spirit and always looking out for the little guy and couldn't keep her mouth shut and, and, you know, just happened to have the greatest navigation codes in the galaxy. Well, that's how you, that's how you create Hans Falcon, right. Is, is, you know uh, that, you know, that's how you create the Falcon that we meet in, in a new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start with the Falcon that Lando Calrissian would own, well, and it's right? it's and, interesting
1: yeah. too because like the addition of L three is like the first modification that Han made. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. I'm just just thinking about that now, just how yeah, you're right. That's a total total pass of the of the torch. There's one thing that I as I was watching today kind of came up in my mind, and and maybe you guys can help me figure this out. What why. Lando, you know, he does the whole introduction and everything. And as they're walking into Cloud City, he calls the Falcon the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. And I don't know if that really fits, yeah, you know, anymore. What do you guys think? Eve, I what about you? I never
0: thought about that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I never thought about that.
1: It, it, <sighs> interesting. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's one of those little things like, hmm. I don't know if that works anymore, but whatever. It's worth it to get a, a movie <laughs>
4: like Solo. All
1: right, so that takes us to our number two, and Mark, you're
4: up. Uh, okay, um, number two. I'm having to choose because I have a whole list of things that were my favorites. <laughs> so I'm having to decide if this is number two, and I think it is. I would, I would choose the X-wing lifting scene in, mm. and uh, in Dagobah. Um, and again, this is one of those where I had to sort of go back and think of it in terms of 10 year old me instead of 49 year old me, because at this point we've seen the force used in so many different cool ways that it's easy to forget that when when we saw this for the first time, We'd never seen the force used this way. The force in a new hope was discussed as this thing that this mystical thing that you could tap into mm. uh for great power and uh we sort of got a crash course in what it was about or what it was what it might be. But this was the first instance where Luke and by proxy the audience get to actually see what it's capable of doing or what someone who believes in it enough is capable of doing. Mm. And it isn't about power. It's about belief and faith. And the fact that the message is so crystal clear in the film that Luke's doubt is what is holding him back, it's not... His lack of training, it's not how much training he's had that determines his success, it's whether he believes in himself. Mm-hmm. And just the, the way that the, sh- the scene is shot with the music and John Williams' score, and it's just, it's so, it gives me chills every time that I watch it. And because now we've seen most of Luke's full arc uh, it even resonates even st- more strongly with me now because um, doubt is something that he carried with him his entire life and one of th- one of the things I find really interesting about Luke is he has such strong faith in others He has faith that his that Anakin can come back to the light. He has such strong faith in his friends but he doesn't have that faith in himself and I think he's somebody that has and I don't think I'm probably alone when I say this, but a lot of people deal with self-doubt and I've struggled with self-doubt. So Mm -hmm. I find myself relating to Luke and old Luke, especially more than ever in my life. And I just look back kind of in awe at how, even as a kid, I related to him at that young age and the younger Luke, and now we have the older Luke and I'm still relating to him. And I just think that's a magical gift.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think when you look at Luke, you have, you know, this character who was raised in this house of compassion, you know, by his aunt and uncle. But one of the things we see in A New Hope is kind of this lack of of trust or this fear by Uncle Owen to let Luke go, and I wonder if that kind of created this self-doubt in him where He believed in the good of people because that's really what he was surrounded by growing up, Mm -hmm. but also had that that seed of self-doubt in there. Not intentionally, you know, Owen putting that seed there, but just in in the effort to try to keep him safe, you know.
4: Oh, I think you're 100% correct.
2: Yeah.
1: Eve, you're a big big Luke guy. How do you feel about this scene?
2: I... (sighs) Now, are you talking about the New Hope scene or... No, 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 no. the the Empire Empire scene. The Empire scene. I think that that's probably one of the big draws for me to Luke, uh, especially. And I remember, I mean, I... Now... I'm a little younger. So I first saw star Wars in like the late eighties and I mean, I was five or six, so I didn't comprehend fully what I was seeing until the nineties. And by that point, a lot of the edits had happened and the prequels were coming out. So it was (laughs) tainted to a degree, Um, depending from a certain point of view, but I resonated with Luke because of empire not so much you know episode 1 or well technically 4 but <laughs> <laughs> but those choices and those like just the the clear self doubt the the questioning of himself and you know am i capable is this something that's possible it's too big i can't do it just uh-huh. these this negative shadow that lives over his self-belief is something I struggle with and have my entire life. And I'm, I'm very upfront and open about this on Twitter and my blogs and everything else. And so that's my draw absolutely to Luke, but also his strength in believing in other people. And, and, and I don't know if that kind of plays into, you know, he draws strength from being around people who he trusts completely. He believes in that kind of, um, symbiotic relationship that we can form sometime with people in our lives. But I think when you take him away from everyone and you just have him on Dagobah, that is, and again, also in the future as Luke on ahch it's, it's, he's alone. He's well, minus Yoda, but he's for the Mm -hmm. most part alone away from this familiar out. I can't say that word. (laughs) This Uh familiar space with people that he feels at most at home with Even if it's found family And that's pretty much his whole life But when you take him out of that It's just this instant I, I don't know if I can do this And with The Last Jedi It was 30 years, 20 years Of I don't know if I can do this And it's so completely evident And visceral that I just Felt so immensely for him In The Last Jedi And it, it kind mm. of like racks my brain sometimes How people seem to have missed that To a degree uh-huh.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: And, and just how growth happens, but also a kind of regression can happen as you grow older and things happen to you that you can't process or that you process inappropriate, not inappropriately, but inadequately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when it comes to Luke, his his layers and just being stripped down and showing us who he really is, is is definitely in that scene and, and in an empire.
1: And Luke's one of those people who excels at making other people better. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. um, he brings out the best in Han. He obviously brings out the best in Anakin. But I think where he struggles is in he has to be the best version of himself in order to do that. You know, yeah. A- and he's not sure if he if he can do that. And I think one of the things. That I'm hoping to see in uh, Rise of Skywalker is him finally kind of realizing that, and, and in becoming one with the Force, being able to let go of that that self doubt and to fully trust in Ray and what whatever it is that he he has taught her um, mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, Luke's such a great character. I I yep. never really connected with Luke when I was a kid. I I couldn't have cared less. I liked Luke because it <laughs> gave us Force stuff. Um, (laughs) but I never really connected with him. But as I've gotten older and gone through trials and tribulations and things like that, I'm realizing just how amazing Luke Skywalker is and, and I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm not going to lie. I forgot where we're at. I think you've already at you. your number two. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) All right, let's go to you. We're going to you anyways. It's your turn. Uh,
2: So actually my number one plays into a lot of what was just said, but I'll still, I'll save that for then. Um, Vader and Luke fighting for me that was again these are uh, i and and maybe nostalgia is playing too big of a role and, and i'm a bit too biased with my favorites but that showed again this duality of vader that we had only up to that point seen with the emperor in a very quick short scene and it was even before his kind of like exclamation, I am your father, there was, you could see he was holding himself back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we didn't know why. And if I go back and I watch that scene like I did today, and I forget, if I try to put out of my mind that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's father, if I push that aside and I just watch this fight, you it's so evident that he's almost playing with Luke to a degree.
3: Yeah. And Totally.
2: Like, just edging him, like, to a point, well, to the edge, essentially, but of, let's see how far I can push this until I ultimately get what I want. But at the same time, you're seeing, how far can I push this? Because I am your father and I don't want you to die. So there's that softer, almost, like, this hidden side that we're seeing, especially after he makes that, you know, just... In my opinion, the greatest scene in all of cinematic history. (laughs) I don't know. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if anything else has ever shocked me or moved me to such a degree. And after that, there's just this oh, okay, so that's why he basically cut off his hand, but didn't cut off his head. And yeah, so again, it's the Vader Luke duality. Mm
0: there's a whole there's a whole journey that Vader goes through in the course of that 20 minutes or so you, you know where he begins he he's prepared to be dismissive because he has no idea how how powerful you know this kid is actually going to be and he starts out just play he starts out just playing with them and then suddenly he's like wow'm I'm, I'm I'm impressed and you know mm-hmm. this is you know this this uh-huh. is you know this is this is my son and and yeah go go you know, let's let's see how well you can do right and then and then he gets hit in the shoulder and he just gets
3: it's <laughs> angry.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, it totally right. That's gets mad. That. Okay, enough. <laughs> you know? and and uh, yeah, it's. I don't know that any other, with the exception maybe of Return of the Jedi, I don't know that any other uh, Star Wars movie uses the fight in such a narratively rich way. You, you know, where you're learning about these characters through what's happening, uh, you know, between them. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant.
1: And you have you have Vader, you know, starting out. Luke falls into the, the carbon uh, freeze and he's, like, all too easy and he's just ready to dismiss him, like you guys said, to yeah. the point where he's offering to rule the galaxy as father and son. And if you think about the last time he did something like that, it was to Padme. Mm.
3: Gosh, so, I never thought of that. Yeah, oh, so yeah. you
1: have, I mean, he goes from not seeing the worth in him and, and getting him primarily just because that's what boss man said to do to, Oh my goodness, you have Padme in you too. And you could be the fulfillment of what I, what I became Darth Vader for in the first place was for her. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, we, we know he, from the, the Vader comics that he's still f- trying to find a way to connect with her and, and bring her back. And, yeah. The 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 yeah. fact that he sees Luca as that potential um really hits in that moment and of course, you know, takes us to Return of the Jedi to the greatest I, I'm sorry, but the Return <laughs> of the Jedi second Death Star, that's my favorite anything of all time. So mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. is this would definitely be a very, very close second. All right. Bill, yeah. let's send it around to you and your top number two.
0: My right, number two, so I, you know, this is—it's a variation on, on Marx, but my number two is uh, is Yoda. And um, so uh, let, let me ask let me ask you all this: a um, hundred some odd years of 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 cinema history, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the universe of, of of simulated characters, right? Characters that, if not for movie magic, would not exist. Right. And and it's you know, anything from from puppetry to costumes and makeup or, you know, to CGI stop motion, all these different things. It's been done hundreds and hundreds of times. Has it ever been done so effectively <laughs> as we, is there any other character in all of cinema that is as real and as important, uh, you know, as as Yoda is? And I've been I've been racking my brain. You know,
4: and, and as much of a risk,
0: and it's and exactly right. Yeah. So you know, what I need to do, guys, I'm going to make this movie, and I need to, I need to introduce a character that's basically going to the, the entire weight of my whole philosophy of making these movies needs to hang on this character, uh, and I'm going to make him a tiny frog man, <laughs> and I'm going to have him talk funny, and uh, yeah. you know, and we're gonna and we're gonna see if this works, and um, and it is it's the the fact that we just accept this.
3: Mm.
0: Right, the fact that we and and it's it's certainly Frank Oz, but it's as much uh, Mark Hamill,
3: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know because
0: yeah. what you know what what we see on the screen is not what was happening on set. This this you know he's 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 talking to you know and he didn't you know Mark Hamill and 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 Kirshner and you know the, there was no he didn't think he was talking to to the Yoda that we know with forty years of history. You've never seen anything like this before. It is a monumental uh, uh, feat of of, of performance. Um, you you combine that with John Williams' music, like you said, Mark. You know, and suddenly we have this character, which gave us Star Wars, right? They 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 took this amazing technical feat, and they put on top of it a a philosophy, um, which animates the you know the entire reason for making these movies in the first place. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the relationship that is, that is established immediately, um, between Luke and Yoda is, um, it's, it, nothing else works. Nothing about our understanding of what, of how Luke ultimately, uh, fails at the end of this movie and succeeds you know, in the, in the next movie works. If this relationship between these two characters isn't, isn't successful. Uh, And, you know, and and we don't understand, and we don't believe what Yoda says when he talks about the importance of peace and calm and, uh, and, and the dangers of, of fear and aggression. And, and, you know, if we don't believe and, and intuitively trust this character, it, 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 it doesn't work, and uh, you know, and, and the the reason why to this day, even as a you know forty blah 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 old old individual, uh, you know, the the reason why, part of the reason why I'm still so attached to these is because of how important that message is, right? You know, and I take this enormous comfort from the fact that every couple of years a Star Wars movie comes out, and millions of people go to see it because they're all getting this incredible message. This is the message, and it's coming from this little green puppet that that by all intents and purposes never should have worked
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's uh it, it is I, again i don't know that it's ever been done you know before or since uh you know as as effectively and as beautifully as it uh as it was uh with yoda
3: there's
1: mm-hmm. there's two important things there too one on the the performance side of things if you think In essence, Frank Oz was the second choice to be Yoda. You know, uh, Lucas Mm. wanted Jim Henson to come in, and Henson couldn't do it because of his uh, shooting schedule for for something else I don't remember what. And not that Frank Oz didn't have the merit at that point to to come Mm. in there, but, I mean, Jim Henson. You know, it's like (laughs) that's that's a whole different ball field. And, I mean, now you think Frank Oz and you don't think about you know any of the other characters he's done except for for Yoda right and then mm-hmm. in in terms of the story itself you there's a real risk I think in the prequels that was a lot, there wasn't a lot of gain you could get out of it, and there was a lot of loss that could happen because of it, which is making Yoda a flawed character, making Yoda the character that failed there's there was the potential of diminishing a lot of what he says in. Empire, and I think the fact that A, they he didn't get diluted, and B, even when we see his failures, what he says in Empire is so extremely powerful and moving. It's like it's like this, this I don't even know, like this little trophy on a shelf that just can't collect any dust, no matter how much dirt you throw at it, you know. And, And we still, even even watching the prequels, we still look at Yoda as like the beacon of truth, even though he makes mistakes because mm-hmm. of what's executed here in Empire.
0: I, I don't think that the Yoda of the prequel trilogy could have imparted the messages that the Yoda of Empire Strikes Back oh, imparted. I, I no. think mm-hmm. that, yeah. I, I, and, that's, and again, that's one of, the, one of the many successes of the prequels is, is to inform the character that we knew With exactly the kinds of vulnerabilities and the kinds of the kinds of life experiences that would make it possible for him to train Luke that would be make it possible for him to to effectively rescue the galaxy, Uh Uh, you know, without those and and that, that brings you all the way back up to, you know, to Last Jedi when he's talking about, you know, failure is the greatest teacher. Yeah. Right, you know, without his without Yoda's experiences, and like you said, Brandon, he's already this, you know, this you know wise and venerated and and a seemingly flawless character. But then by the end, you know, you recognize, you know, where he, you know, where where, where he recognizes, I should say, where he where he failed, and only because of that failure can he train Luke the way that Luke needs to be trained, and and only thus can the galaxy be you know be be rescued um it's just gorgeous it's just it's just you know so just elegant um
1: well and i'm a big proponent of the the jedi exile um that happens you know with yoda that he he needed that time to reflect and reform what the jedi uh Mm -hmm. needed to be you know and as much as everybody wants a kenobi movie or kenobi series and i would watch the hell out of it. I don't want one because I love the idea of Obi-Wan on Tatooine was protecting Luke and communing with Qui-Gon and relearning what it really meant to be a Jedi. And, the, and I don't think that plays in a movie, maybe in a book or something like that, where you can explore that side of things more. But mm. I think that exile is super, super important to the jedi experience as we get it in in the non-prequel timeline where they're not warriors um so much as protectors yeah Yeah, that's good Mm -hmm. all right guys it's time it's time for number ones (laughs) the best of the best of the best movie uh let's go to you mark your number one your favorite thing about empire
4: I'm going to end up echoing a bit here because it it was just inevitable that we were going to have some overlap, but uh, (laughs) I could not agree more with Eve that the, that the lightsaber duel is the best scene in all of cinema. (laughs) Um, Just everything about, I I just, I get lost in the theatricality of that scene. The, the lighting, the, the cinematography, the uses of, use of blues and oranges and the steam the way that luke and vader are silhouetted throughout so much of that that scene and i think probably my favorite part of it is how it starts because when luke first enters the chamber and he's by himself and you just hear the breathing Mm -hmm. vader breathing first and the way that vader uh his it, it first addresses Luke, um, you know, saying that the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet. <laughs> just the way, the way he says that, it just, I, I've described this before. It's like that, that line of dialogue sings. It sings to me. Um, and it's just so pulpy. It's so theatrical. And just everything that Eve was saying about the way that Vader Kind of is playing with him in the beginning, just the way he does the one-handed. He's just holding a saber with one <laughs> hand, um, just like yeah, like I'm just going to see how how this kid's going to going to fare. And it just, and I think you said it, Bill, that that just this of all the lightsaber duels, like there are certainly lightsaber fights in other films that are more have more impressive choreography. Like mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace has a acrobatics, mind, yeah. yeah, a huge. Mm-hmm. A huge, impressive fight that I I love, but the stakes in this one just are so strong yeah. that I just get pulled into the drama of it, and the fact that it that it has a a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you can see an arc happening um, where they're sort of they're they're playing off of each other, they're testing each other's strengths and weaknesses, and Vader starts to get he goes from that calm, collected menace to he becomes a little desperate towards the end. Like he's ready to end this. Mm-hmm. By the time they, they're out on the catwalk, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's tired. He's angry. He, he's probably fighting an urge to kill Luke. Cause I would imagine that the duality in Vader is that the Sith side of him wants to just lop his head off. Yeah. But then he's fighting with that. Well, I need him. So he's still useful to me as, if he's alive and also Anakin is thinking, this is my son. Mm. So, uh, I'll, I'll sort of dovetail that into, uh, the fact that when Luke, when he reveals that he's his father and Luke essentially, uh, has his, his meltdown, but also just decides, you know, I I can either join him or not and I would rather just die like Mm -hmm. when Luke makes that decision when he's presented with that choice and Luke simply says I'm not going to go that way the when Vader's watching him fall I imagine that that's probably the moment that Vader is first changed just a little bit like he's he sees Luke making the choice that he didn't make yes Mm -hmm. yeah and the reason i feel that that's the first moment that he's beginning to change back to the light is because all through the the film it makes a, the movie makes a point of showing you how brutal vader is with people that cross him or people that disappoint him i mean it's it's almost like a running joke of like all the the admirals and captains that have you know f- fallen at his feet because he was displeased with them and yet at the very end of the film mm-hmm. when he's he's so close to capturing Luke and Luke gets away and he watches the Falcon go into hyperspace. Everybody in the room is like, you can see it like they're holding their breath. Like who's he going to kill first? (laughs)
3: Yeah.
4: And he turns and he just walks and he's, it's so obvious that Vader is distracted. He's preoccupied. He's thinking about something and he, Mm -hmm. instead of killing somebody, he just leaves Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the evidence that that's where he's starting to turn.
0: I think mm-hmm. I remember reading that that they they deliberately wanted to ensure that they had Admiral Piet in Return of the Jedi to make it crystal clear that he survived, that he ah. that, that Vader did not, <laughs> yeah, you know, take out right because because I think it's exactly what you're saying, right? It's at that moment, all of his, you know, what he's realizing is. Yeah, what I've been doing is not working and I need to think of something else. Mm-hmm. And and it's uh uh that's where it all kicks off. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, n- nothing can touch the original trilogy lightsaber duels. Like the only thing I think that it is anywhere near the the level of emotion that you get in especially Empire and and Return of the Jedi is the Battle of the Heroes and Revenge of the Sith, but mm-hmm. really that's mostly the beginning part and the end part. Like the, yeah. the middle part's a lot of flash and showy and it's super fun to watch, but yeah. there's not a lot of story or emotion to it, whereas, Mark, like you pointed out, there's a beginning, middle, end here, and, and you're compelled to continue watching in each moment. And I mean, to the point where all of us still get emotional over it, you know, and we've seen it hundreds of times. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I always talk about these moments where, like, you put your phone down, you know? And it's one of those <laughs> yeah, moments, yeah. like, when, yeah. when that comes on, you don't do it. Like, I was trying to do something else today, and I couldn't. I had to stop, because you have to watch that. And, yeah, uh-huh. super powerful. All right, Eve, what's your favorite thing about uh, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> so, um,
2: I- Oh, I was going to say, I
1: almost said Return of the Jedi because that's my (laughs) favorite, but...
2: (laughs) I was like, oh, no, I'm cutting you off. Um, So, again, a little bit of an echo chamber happening, but not surprised. And it's Luke and Yoda on Dagobah. Nice. But this is kind of where the Master and Apprentice enrichment happened for me today while watching these sequences and scenes. Every line... After you know, after it's revealed that Yoda, you know, is Yoda, and he's he's done with the sassiness with R two and Luke, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. I love that silly side to Star Wars.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, once that happens, and he goes into this, he's too old. You know, he's been reckless. He's always looking beyond, and he's not ever living in the present. It just called back to so many moments in Master and Apprentice with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon as his master, Qui-Gon just got caught up in the prophecies and then and then pushed them away and then revisited them and ultimately, you know, I'm not going to spoil the book or anything like that, but when we see Force Ghost Obi-Wan later on in the film and he's just urging Luke to stay, to finish his training, to not be irrational or reckless and Yoda is essentially saying, look, I told you. See, do you see what's happening? I told you. And... Luke is still going to do what he's going to do, and both of, you know, these great wise masters that we at that point really only know to a certain extent. They know this is going to happen, and that is what happened with Obi Wan and Qui Gon. And, you know, it was mentioned earlier how the wisdom that Yoda has on Dagobah was not there in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So all of this growth, all of this uh egg, like s- self exile and and even obi-wan ultimately sacrificing himself at the end of a new hope it was all for this higher like learning within the force to understand it to accept it to feel it to live it and they see that luke is not there yet and it just i don't know it was almost like that mind blown gif on twitter or anywhere that you can find just watching the content watching content from almost 40 years ago to reading a book that just came out 2 months ago and seeing this clear thread just completely sewn throughout and that is what star wars is for me it's this just constant presence and consistency and even if they go back and retcon a thousand things even things as big as the death star Star, or as as little as a ladder on an X-Wing. It's just, or as big, depending.
1: <laughs> it's a big deal, okay? It is a big deal. I lose There's sleep a... over these things.
2: Uh, you Side note real fast. Explain to me how an X-Wing, which does not have wheels on it, was rolling out of Echo Base with R2 guiding it. It was still <laughs> on the ground rolling. Anyway, but... those are just little things you know that they might retcon that don't really matter to the overall story but when you when i just look at it and i can strip it down to these core thematic themes that are present 40 years ago and today it's just beautiful
1: well and you you have the line that qui-gon says in master and apprentice about i don't go to the light to win some cosmic war I go to the light because it is the light and mm-hmm. I mean if that's not the most Yoda line in the world I don't know what uh-huh, is you uh-huh. know um, and, and so to see that connective tissue there yeah that's, that's good stuff man I need to go back and read Master and Apprentice again <laughs> god I love that book so much <laughs> so good alright uh, let's round it out with you Bill what's your favorite thing about Empire Strikes Back
0: Okay, so it, again, lots of overlap, and this has been seriously I, 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 the best part of my week, best part of my month. You guys are awesome. Um, so, 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 think back. You know, imagine yourself in a world where there's no Star Wars. Right? It's it's April of 1977, and this movie comes out, and suddenly you have Star Wars. Right. And you you went from nothing to Star Wars in two and a half hours. Right. And now you have lightsabers and you have Wookiees and you have droids and you have Luke and Han and Leia and Darth Vader and Death Stars and, you know, an empire and a rebellion. You have all these amazing things, how they put this all into one movie.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Unbelievable. Right. But that's all you have. And then they're going to make another one. Right. Um, What Empire did and just speaking purely for myself, right? Empire basically, Empire told us what Star Wars was really about. Before Empire, we didn't know. Okay, it could have gone anywhere, and it could have gone anywhere. You know, throughout the, the whole movie, it it, it could have been leading up to a point where Luke goes to Cloud City, he defeats Darth Vader, rescues his friends, and they all sail off into the sunset. You had no idea whether you know that that wasn't going to be what happened. Mm -hmm. But what Empire did is it showed us what Star Wars was really about, why the storytellers made these movies and the message that they're trying to send. And, you know, as I watch them now, I look at Darth Vader and I look Mm -hmm. at the Emperor and I say, okay, these guys are the these guys are the villains. Right. But the real the real antagonist of the of the movie um, is 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 the dark side of the force. Mm. And, you know, and and this was so incredibly brave, right, that that Luke ends the movie. You know, the reason why the reason why he can't think of anything to do other than jump is, you know, he's faced with this with this terrible, horrible truth, which is that the most evil person in the galaxy, that person's blood runs through his veins as well, Mm. that he could become as bad or worse as you know as as Darth Vader and of course it takes them a whole other movie to you know to solve that problem right mm-hmm. but with the uh, with the um uh with the you know, take the take the position that we are all Luke Skywalker Right. I think, you know, I want it to be Han Solo. Just I think. (laughs) Right. But the truth that we are all this, you know, this this wide eyed kid that has no idea what the heck is going on. But we all have this power. Right. We all have the power to to go out and change some part of the world. Luke could go out and change the galaxy. But we all have some power within us. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all walk around thinking we're the good guy. Right. We all walk around thinking that we are the hero of of our own story. And and here comes the sequel to this to this movie, right? We just finished blowing up the Death Star. We're awesome. We can move mountains. We can save, you know, we can save the galaxy. And then at the end of the second movie, you know, it, it turns out that we have within us the capacity for great evil as well as great as well as great good. And and you know, when that 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 I am your father moment. Mm-hmm. Is what is what gives us that, and it's it, it it's it's terrifying, right? It's hard. To, you know, people talk about that, that when when Empire came out, the kids didn't believe it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't believe what, they, and you know, I'm sure part of that is you know they, they they, you know that you know Darth Vader he's a liar and so on and so forth. But but I'm sure part of it is that they look at themselves as Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And you know Luke Scott, Luke, Luke, if if Darth Vader his dad, that means that he could turn bad. Well, I'm. If I'm him, right? If we're all Luke Skywalker, then this is a terrifying, horrifying thing to do. And and you know, without Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars didn't have to go this way, right? Star Wars could have gone any one of different directions. We all would have loved it. We'd still play with the toys. It'd be fantastic. But you know, you took this this amazing spectacle of a of a movie uh, that came out in 1977, which had a terrific message, mm. and you create this just backbreaking complexity uh, about it just a, a horrifying theory of, of of evil and um and and that's the game changer right and it was so brave and it was so perfectly executed uh especially you know like in the middle of the movie you have this huge plot twist that the little green guy turns out to be the jedi master you're already <laughs> reeling and then you know 45 minutes later or an hour and a half later whatever it is you know you get you get this um uh, you know, you get this just again, it's a it's a cliffhanger from a story perspective, but it's also like, yeah, w- you know, everything is not dependent upon my ability. It's dependent upon my choices. And that was so scary to Luke, you know, that he jumped off the thing. And then we're all like, yeah, I think I might you know? Well, and <laughs> yeah. you think about yeah. the yeah.
1: fact that he, what he what Luke has always been searching for is his father. Right. Yeah. That's his yeah. motivating driving. is his
0: idealized vision yep. of 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 what his legacy is and therefore what his destiny is.
1: And he gets mm-hmm. everything right? he wants right in front of him. And it's yes. nothing that he expected. And he yes. still chooses to jump. And I think that that right. that's mm-hmm. the part of uh, of m- me that. I never doubted that yeah. Luke was always going to stay a hero. I never all these yeah. Luke turned is going to turn to the dark side theories that come out. I'm like there's no chance. He jumped off <coughs> when he had everything he wanted right in front of him.
0: Yeah, just, but then it, you know he it, it's he still hadn't figured it out. He still hadn't figured it out all the way up until that last scene in in Return of the Jedi. you you know like that and that's once again where this amazing john williams music so it's like it's it'll never happen again you've got the good guy that's just tearing apart the bad guy right it should be this massive triumphant music and it's this maudlin operatic oh my god we're losing everything Mm -hmm. because he's you know and 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 it's because like you know how do you you know how do you reconcile how do you, you know how do you if you know how do you reconcile the fact that That, you know, maybe the world isn't made up of good guys and bad guys. Maybe all of us could be both. I think also... mess you up, man.
1: What Empire did in terms of, like, building the story and and really, like you said, flipping things on their head about what we could have expected a sequel to Star Wars to be. I feel like a sequel to Star Wars, people were leaning more towards what we got in Return of the Jedi versus what we got in Empire Strikes Back, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think without this movie, I don't think you get universes like Harry Potter, where you have Mm. your villain and your hero who are irrevocably connected. I don't think you get things, even like the MCU, taking risks like ending Infinity War with the snap. There's just, there's so (laughs) much that, I mean Star Wars changed cinema without a doubt in in unspeakable ways, but yeah Empire completely yeah. changed what storytellers could do I think.
0: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think Empire gave us gave us the Star Wars that that we know. Uh, and there was no guarantee that it was that it was going to work. I mean know?
1: by all accounts it shouldn't have it cost more than it was yeah. supposed to. There was pro- I mean yeah. that's what cracks me up about there's problems on the star Wars set. I'm like, yes, it's going to be a
0: good movie. Yeah. It's It's hilarious. Oh
1: man. Well, that's going to round out our conversation for empire strikes back for now. Of course, we're probably going to come back and talk about this movie plenty more on other episodes. Um, But bill Eve, I wanted to really thank you guys for coming on. This was such a, such (laughs) a good time.
0: No, thank you. You guys have been so just incredibly generous. It's been a, it's been a privilege.
1: So yes. I want to go ahead and give you guys a chance to uh, to plug your stuff. So Bill, I'm going to send it to you first, and tell us about HappyBeeps.net and and what you got coming up.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so check out happybeeps.net. It's still uh, I'm still calling it a beta. I will call it a beta for as long as, as I can. But it is a collector's community site. Uh, it's got um, all told about fifteen thousand action figures, Legos, bobbleheads, toys, books, comics, board games, uh, everything. You you know it it's um, uh, it's been a labor of love of mine for a, for a really really long time, and I'm just now finally starting to to get it started. Uh, it's totally free. Uh, But it's designed to let every collector be their own kind of collector, right? Um, uh, And, you know, if you like a particular character, if you like a particular, you know... um, uh, brand of comics if you only like things that came out between 1982 and 1986 you know you can create your own profile for what types of things you like and um, uh, it's uh, it's it's just now starting to, to take shape uh, so happybeeps.net that's basically the only place I exist online so you.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can find that link uh, of course will be in the show notes as always but also on our uh, friends of Clashing Savers page on the website Eve gonna throw it mm-hmm. over you tell us about the greatness that is unmistakably Star Wars <laughs> and all the cool stuff you're doing
2: yes uh, unmistakably Star Wars we we pride ourselves on just putting out the most positive podcasts on the interwebs and in the Star Wars pool podcast pool um, we are a incredible diverse expansive team and every week we bring new people in or we have a rotating schedule but we like to change it up to Just have more perspective, more view, more diversity. And we are currently in the midst of a macro series where we are exploring the themes of Star Wars. So we're being really selective and breaking down uh, things like friendship, spirituality, faith, love. I believe hope is next week. I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be super deep just given what's going on in the community, my life personally, and with the team as a whole. So you can find us on the internet at unmistakablystarwars.com or Twitter at unmistakablysw. And me personally, I'm at Skywalker underscore Eve, and um, I don't always tweet about Star Wars, but when I do, I hope that y'all enjoy.
1: Awesome, awesome. And I'm not going to lie, Eve. (laughs) I look at... You guys on Unmistakably Star Wars, and you guys—you you know I love you guys, but yeah. you, I, yeah. I look at you as my competition, because I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> they thought of this uh, thing, and I should have thought of that first. It's so deep and great. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, ah. Oh. I, I, I listened you. to an episode, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. I wish I could just. No, but <laughs> go listen to it. If you're not already subscribed, seriously. if it, it, it... I found you guys from, uh, I don't know when what year it was, the mm. when you won the podcast award for best new podcast I was like oh, I'll check it out or whatever and yep ever yeah. since so um mark tell us about forever Star Wars
4: yes forever Star Wars I think we are on episode 11 is that is that correct that's coming out in,
1: in about a week yeah on
4: uh keep talking I'm finding the date right now July 8th
1: yeah that's it look at is you. That it that's it okay July 8th, well that's it's coming out
4: that's That's what you told me it was, so it better be July 8th. It's scheduled Uh, up. It's scheduled. We're good. That's uh, just a little series that I write, uh, produce, edit, record myself um, on various topics of Star Wars where I I take uh, characters or locations and just explore it uh, in depth. And uh, if you want to check that out, that's right here at Clashing Sabers. And if you want to follow me or interact with me, you can usually find me on Twitter and you follow me at DJM Marquis DJMMARQUIS, and I'm also on Instagram. Although I don't really do Star Wars stuff there, but if you want to follow me there, that's M Marquis twelve oh five.
1: Awesome! And of course, you can always follow Clashing Savers at Clashing Savers on Twitter. Join our Facebook group. We've uh, got some new members who have jumped in recently, so make sure you jump in there as well. Share the content that you're creating. Uh, Share your Star Wars thoughts. Give us uh, discussions to, and debates to have. That's always a, a whole bunch of fun. Um, you can leave us a rating and review. That would be really awesome. I really want a new rating and review. We'll read it on the show. I'll pay you. No, I'm, I won't pay you. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm bro. But I'll be really grateful. So hopefully that my gratitude will mean something there. Um, and you can also get in touch with us via our phone number You through uh, text or, or voice message at 832-966-0077. And until next time, I, I, should we should we batch eight? I don't know, Mark. Hiyo, hiyo. Uh, that, that's no.
4: no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not Drew. I'm not Drew. I can't do it like Drew does.
1: Normally, that's a good thing, but. <laughs>